Have you ever had just a really good cry and after the cry, whether or not in the amount of time it took you to cry, anything actually changed about the situation that you were crying about, you just felt cleansed and like you had an emotional release and like you felt completely better, maybe not completely, but a whole lot better about the situation of whatever provoked that cry after the fact. That's the vibe of this full moon. So if you can just kind of like feel into that experience if you've had it before, even if it's been a long time, that's the vibe. And this is the final full moon of 2023. It's happening on December 26th of 2023 at around 7.33 p.m. Eastern time. It's in sidereal Gemini in the nakshatra of Ardra. And that's what this podcast is here to tell you all about. First, I'd like to extend you a warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I am a Vedic sidereal astrologer. So like I mentioned a moment ago, this full moon is happening in sidereal Gemini. That's because the Vedic system of astrology uses the sidereal zodiac. So it's more astronomically accurate. That's uh, all I really want to say about that right now. I sometimes spend a lot of time talking about it. I have resources on my website. I usually link in the show notes that you can go read more about some of the differences between Western and Vedic astrology, but if you're new to Vedic, just know that this the signs are going to be a little bit different. There's some different tools, but it's, I find it's more astronomically accurate, which feels nice, but I also find that the system of tools is more holistic and it just feels really nice. And it also pairs really well with yoga, which is what we do here on the Yogi Scopes podcast. If you stick around till the end, I'll tell you about yoga practices and journal prompts to get the best use out of this full moon to maybe release the year 2023 like you have a good cry about it even if you don't actually cry. I don't know. I encourage it. If you want to cry, just have a good cry and make that your full moon practice. That's it. That's the podcast. Have a good one. Um, you know, maybe that would be fine. But um, otherwise, we're going to talk about all the astrological archetypes that factor into why I say that's the vibe for this full moon, which has to do with the nakshatra that it's happening in, the lunar mansion. We'll get there momentarily. First, a couple housekeeping announcements. It Today, or so tomorrow in the future, when I'm going to release this for once in my life, and I'm, I'm recording a podcast episode before I'm going to release it. So I'm recording it. It's Tuesday, December 19th. Um, and I'm planning to put this out tomorrow, which is Wednesday, December 20th, will be the last day to sign up for the Mercury Retrograde Meditation Challenge. You can find out more about that by going to yogiscopes.com slash challenge. Um, but the prize on the line for that is a spot in the Astrology for Yogis program, which is my trauma-informed Vedic Astrologer Certification Program that will be enrolling again in mid-January. You can win a spot by being one of the most engaged participants in the challenge, but you can also just get the innumerable benefits of reinvigorating your meditation practice at what better time of year to do it, right? Like, I get it. We're all busy. It's the busiest time of year for many, many folks. Tough time of year for many, many folks. And the best time to lean into your meditation practice is times like that. That's like literally what it's for. So anyway, you can get more details and sign up by going to yogiscopes.com slash challenge. And then our next fun event will be the yearly planning party 
on January 7th, 2024. So I mentioned this earlier, it was originally scheduled for December 10th, and I ended up like at the end of November, just deciding last minute that I was I was going to turn the Yogi Scopes planner, which has in the past three years been um, monthly only. I decided I was just going to go for the gusto and make weekly pages. And so I made this beautiful weekly planner that if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to show you what the weekly pages look like. So there's like 52 or three of these sons of guns. I think there's 53 because it, it blended into... Um, like the first year of 2025 is in here too. And, and it was a lot. And so there is as always the monthly pages with new and improved, um, worksheets for habit tracking and staying on track with your intentions and goals. But there's the monthly pages with just a regular monthly planner. Also the important astrological dates of the month and light interpretation of what the themes will be of the month. So you're not just left with like but what does it all mean? And then the same thing is true for the weekly pages. There is the astrological dates of what's happening that week, as well as themes, as well as places for you to write your intention for each and every single day, as well as places for you to journal about your own themes that you notice, priorities, um, things like that, and to write out your schedule because I'm, I like to block schedule. And yes, I use a calendar. I use Google Calendar, I use a project management system, but I have to personally physically write it out. And so I made the weekly schedule page for every single week for the entire year of 2024. And you can get one by going to yogiscopes.com 2024. And if you sign up, so when you go to sign up for the Mercury Retrograde Meditation Challenge, maybe you're not interested in that, but that right now is the only way to get into the 100 Healers Circle. Um, which is where I've decided the only way you will have access to this yearly planning workshop. I'll probably put out a 2024 like sort of outlook workshop or podcast episode. I mean, I probably will do that. But the difference is with the workshop is um, it's just going to be more in depth. It's going to be less high level overview and you'll have the planner to um, visually see. So go to yogiscopes.com slash 2024. It'll redirect you to the print on demand service that I'm using called the book patch to get your copy sent directly to you. If you want to get it in time for that thing on January 7th. Um, and I'm considering having one in person on the day immediately before January 6th. So that's the housekeeping announcements. Let's dive into the full moon stuff. So as I mentioned, this full moon is happening in Gemini, which is ruled by Mercury. And as, as I just finished saying, Mercury is retrograde right now, which as I spent a whole, the most recent podcast episode before this one talking about, um, that's going to present challenges in communication and travel and all the other things I described on that podcast episode that you can revisit if you would like, um, but it's the ruler of Gemini, and so Gemini has some overlapping themes, and it can add a layer of just communication challenges, maybe brain fog, to this full moon energy. So I'd like to point something out really quick about the moon and Mercury. So the moon and Mercury in Vedic astrology both represent 
the mind to a degree. But it's to me in my brain, it's kind of like this left brain, right brain thing, kind of the moon. And I'm going to butcher which one is the left and the right. I believe the right brain is the creative one and left brain is logical, right? Um, and so moon is, if, if I'm getting that right, that, that's the assumption I'm going with. Moon is that, I think, right brain, that creative, um, you know, feminine, creative, intuitive part of your mind. And Mercury is that intellectual, logical, um, analytical part of the mind. So they're both representing the mind and they're both involved in this full moon, right? Because it's a full moon and the moon's in Gemini. Gemini is ruled by Mercury and Mercury is retrograde right now. So it is a time where you might be feeling less logical or you might be feeling clouded logically. So this full moon is a good time to tap into things that are more of feelings and intuition in nature than being purely logical driven. So I just wanted to make that point quickly because also right now, actually from December 17th through December 27th, which is right after the full moon happens, a couple intense energies are going to ease right after the full moon. Um, one of them being Mercury will no longer be combust. So that's that 17th to 27th where not only is Mercury retrograde, but it's within five degrees of the sun, which is making it just even more challenging. Like usually the combust period of a Mercury retrograde is when we see the worse effects of the retrograde, if that makes sense. Um, and so that'll be over right after the full moon, but it'll be happening during the full moon. And then also, at the time of the full moon, Mars and Venus will be together in Scorpio. And Saturn, this whole time, has been aspecting Scorpio since like January of this year when Saturn moved to Aquarius. Saturn's 10th um, aspect is on Scorpio. And so this other dynamic going on around relationships, communication, is that with Mars and Venus there in Scorpio, um, it's a good time for like deep, thoughtful, passionate connection rather than um, maybe totally logical and analytical. And so this is where that Mercury retrograde piece becomes important um, at around the time of this full moon and just in general around this time is that communication can either be an asset or a hindrance to whatever your, I guess, goals are. But uh, one of them might be related to how you relate to other people, right? Um, and so there's just some intense energy going on around that, which will ease shortly after the full moon um, because the day after the full moon, you know, it's happening in the evening of December 26th. And the very next day is uh, the ruler of Gemini. Mercury will no longer be combust. And so that just eases things on a big scale. Mercury retrograde tends to be one of the most felt astrological happenings. Like it's one of those things that I find that even people who don't really care or pay attention to astrology notice and like to joke about and stuff, right? Because it's... Um, 
it's just really prominent and noticeable. And so when Mercury is no longer combust, that will ease the energy slightly. And that day also on the 27th, right after this full moon, Mars will move on into Sagittarius, which is, I, I don't have like a, that that's going to be better or worse. I do think it will make communication in relationships a little bit less intense. But on the, the I guess, bad news is that Mars will still be Gandanta at that time. So if there are anything, if there is anything that you're working through related to communication in relationships, this period of a few days around that peak of the full moon, it could be a time that, that karmas are kind of working themselves out, or it could be a time that you kind of maybe have that good cry or whatever. I'm getting ready to tell you why even more. So why the good cry, um, energy is there, but, um, right after the full moon, Mars will no longer be Gandanta or no, sorry, it'll be Gandanta until January 1st. So really like next week, um, between the week between, uh, Christmas and New Year's, if you're here in the U S if you're not in the U S you're not Christian, whatever, maybe it doesn't mean as much to you. Um, a lot of folks take this week off or if they don't take it off, they're certainly probably not getting a whole lot done. Myself included. Um, I'm intentionally planning next week to be light and have lots of time for being slow and spending time with family. Anyway, there's just all this intense energy around the full moon related to communication and relationships will be easing as the full moon, um, passes, if that makes sense and easing probably completely after the first of the year. And so I hope I made that kind of clear with everything I just said about Gemini, about the full moon, you know, the moon being the mind, the emotional part of the mind, Gemini, uh, Mercury being the logical part of the mind and both being sort of brought up at this full moon by nature of it being in Gemini, right? And how, um, this other can't be ignored Mars and Venus in Scorpio receiving Saturn's aspect energy might be playing out in relation to your communication in relationships. So I hope that makes sense. And then let's talk about even more in depth. Another layer of meaning of this full moon is that it's happening in the nakshatra of Ardra. And so Ardra is represented by a teardrop. And so that's like kind of the first place I get the fact that um, this full moon is really like, if you could just have a good cry about something, but I know maybe some of us, like myself included, can't just cry on command, like it's just, just not a thing. Um, so maybe you can, maybe you're more um, like ruled by the moon, maybe you're a cancer, have a lot of cancer in your chart or something. And so you can just cry on command and you're really familiar with that, a lot of water in your chart perhaps. Um, but I'm not that way. I have a lot of air in my chart. I have Saturn with the moon. So anyway, um, this nakshatra is symbolized by a teardrop and its ruling deity is Rudra, who is the God of storms. And Rudra is an aspect of Shiva. And so as we know, as you may know, maybe you don't, I'll tell you just in case, um, there are like three forms of gods in, you know, Vedic philosophy and yoga philosophy. Um, 
or three expressions, I should say, not three forms, three expressions of deities. And there's the creation energy, there is the maintenance energy, and there is the destruction energy. And so we see that also playing out like with the seasons and stuff. And so anyway, Rudra and Shiva are both destruction energy, which is not a bad thing, right? Like we're here at the winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere, at least. Um, it's really the time to like pull back and tend to the root system. And you can't do that if you're creating new things. It's time to, you know, like when a storm comes through and the branches fall out of the tree, it's not the healthy branches usually. It's like the branches that if you were taking care of your trees, you would have um, cut them down, which I'm not saying I have a, like a whole forest in my backyard and we let nature take its course out there, but we might prune the branches close to our house, if that makes sense, right? Like, like you before hurricane season, I live here in the south, you might look and be like, oh, that branch doesn't look so healthy. Maybe I should um, cut it down so it doesn't fall on my house, right? Or if you're a gardener, you prune the plants so that the root system can become healthy. The plant can focus more of its energy on um, less things, right? So that's kind of the idea of where destruction is not necessarily a bad thing. It's a necessary part of the growth cycle. And that's the part that we're in right now. And it's, you know, just in the year and the seasons, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere. And so this full moon is also bringing that up because of the Rudra archetype, the God of Storms archetype. Um, but with it, it's not quite an archetype that's just like, I'm going to prune the, the garden um, and choose which branches I want to cut. It's like a storm where um, the storm comes through and you just kind of deal with the fallout later, right? So there's a chaos and confusion vibe to it. And then the ruling planet of this nakshatra is Rahu. And Rahu already, just in general, whatever Rahu does, brings disorder, upheaval, um, chaos and confusion, really. So if you kind of put all those archetypes of this nakshatra together, you're getting um, this intense energy, because Rahu's also very intense, storms are intense, right, of um, transformation, destruction through cleansing. So that's where I say like the cleansing cry vibe. Like, I don't know, maybe you've never experienced that. And you probably would have turned the podcast episode off right at the beginning when I was saying, have you ever experienced that? And you're like, what? No. So odds are you probably have, if you've ever just like let yourself just have a really good cry. And it's like, when you're crying, nothing changed about the situation, probably. Only how you feel about it because you were able to move the emotions through and just let them kind of let it hurt. Right. And so that's, um, part of the vibe of this full moon. And so I would say in the greater context of where we're at in the year, um, can you shed 2023 in that way? Can you perhaps grieve the branches that got um, knocked down by the storm? Maybe they were branches, you know, branches as in like projects or um whatever, like things you were working on this year, things that you were hoping to grow this year, and they just got knocked down by the storm of life. And you can, 
can you allow yourself to be sad about that before we move on? So that's why I'm like, just back to the planner thing. I had originally scheduled it for December 10th. And I think I said this to the folks, um, in, in the 100 healers circle in an office hours session recently that happened, they happen every Thursday. So there's more to this hundred healers circle than just the meditation challenge and just the monthly workshops. We have office hours every Thursday. You can come live and ask me stuff or like whatever. Um, and I usually talk more in depth about things I mentioned on the podcast. One of the things I mentioned recently was that I felt bad that I had to postpone the yearly planning um, event that's now on January 7th virtually, which is a Sunday. Um, I had to postpone it because I last minute decision decided to go for the gusto and make this weekly planner that I was talking about. Um, and I'm really glad that I did, first of all, but second of all, I was sad that I had to postpone it, but on the bright side, the energy we've been going through in December, and this is another thing I've been kind of talking about a little bit extra in those office hours sessions. I did it one last week on the sort of greater context of Mercury retrograde, like, um, you know, I talked on the podcast last week about Mercury retrograde in general, but then in the office hours for the membership for the 100 Healers Circle, I talked about it um, in context of like the three months and the year and everything um, going on around it more in depth and kind of how to utilize that. But anyway, the the energy of December largely is this clearing and um, something I talked about in that Mercury retrograde context office hours session in the membership was um, that the Scorpio energy of December, because we had a Scorpio new moon, um, we just, a couple days ago, the sun moved into Sagittarius. We still have Mars and Venus in Scorpio till pretty much the end of the month. The Scorpio energy is high in December. And that energy is all about doing the work, the emotional work under the surface. And this full moon is just an extension of that. And then in January, really, um, is when we get into more of Sagittarius season, more of that forward-looking energy. And as I also discussed in that um, office hours from last week in the membership, if you're in the membership, go and catch the replay if you haven't already because it's going to put this into context in a, in a bigger way. It's only like 20 minutes long, I think. Um, in the greater context of the year, this Scorpio energy... It is important to do the internal work before you do the Sagittarius energy work of um, setting, broadening your horizons, of setting your, your vision, right? That's a very Sagittarius thing. Um, so it actually makes sense that it played out that way. Um, and the, a better use of the energy during December is to kind of have that... Um, sit in the emotional turmoil and let yourself feel it. Let yourself be sad about um, things that didn't go the way you wanted to them this year and just really feel it and investigate why perhaps so that when you get your planner and when you start setting your intentions for next year that I really think you should hold off until after uh, 
January 1st, not even on New Year's Day. I don't even think you should do it on New Year's Day because of the things I mentioned, like um, Mars will be contanta until then, Jupiter and Mercury both go direct on the 1st. So just like let that settle a little bit. And then the next weekend on like the 6th, 7th, which is why I'm rescheduling these events until then is when you can have a really clear, clearer at least than now vision of how you want, like what vision you want to set for 2024. And um, you're going to be better off for having spent that time now to tap into this Scorpio energy, all the Scorpio energy I mentioned, maybe revisit that new moon in Scorpio podcast episode or other resources um, that I've created around that. And just really tap into this investigative mind because that's another quality of Ardra Nakshatra, in fact. And so we have this Ardra thing going on with the full moon and um, all this Scorpio energy to just tap into why didn't what went wrong this year? What do you wish went differently? What are you setting your sights on for next year so that you can just really have this, even if you don't have a cleansing cry, you can cleanse yourself of the energy of... 2023 before moving into 2024 and it's going to be important I guess I just I see people trying to do this where they're like ready to plan for next year and they're not really um taking the time to um process this year I've even seen memes going on around about it like there's one with um it's like John Travolta in it what is that movie um it's got John Travolta anyway um and it's like 2019 and they're all cute in the car and then um 2020 stepping into 2024 and they're like all disheveled looking and the and the context of the meme is like saying that we went through this big collective trauma in um you know basically like 2020 and 2021 and a lot of people still haven't processed that so if that's you if you feel like you're in this pattern of not processing the year before you try to set your visions for the next year um maybe now's a good time this full moon's a good time to break that um, and to tap into that, um, learning your lesson, clearing old patterns and gaining new understanding and specifically transformation through cleansing and a cleansing cry is the best example I can give of that. But if there's some other thing that you know of to really tap into, to really feel your emotions and just let yourself feel them and don't try to, um, gratitude them away or positive affirmation them away just like be in the shit man like you know what I mean um so yeah that's because that's what Ardra is all about is connect especially a full moon in Ardra is all about connecting that intellect with the emotions and the intellect side is going to be a little bit clouded right now so let's talk about just to recap all of that before I tell you your yoga practices and journal prompts the overall energies of this full moon, like because of everything I mentioned, because of what's going on in Scorpio, um, because of Mercury being retrograde, it being the ruler of the full moon, and because of the qualities of Ardra, the nakshatra, where it's happening, the lunar mansion, the overall energies are mental confusion and mental clutter and indecision. So Maybe just don't force any decisions right now. Don't put yourself in any situations, especially in the few days around the full moon, where you have to be really sharp and make a clear decision because the energy is not supportive of that. And another overall energy of this full moon is can you release any 
thought or communication patterns that aren't serving you and really process the year so that you can cleanse 2023 off of you and maybe even any years before that so that you can step into 2024 feeling renewed clarity, renewed purpose, renewed believing in yourself and really feeling like you can shift and align yourself to whatever vision you have for the year. But you're not going to be able to do that if you don't be in the shit. Like I said, like the Scorpio energy um, of processing your emotions and getting under the surface and really investigating like what's coming up for you. Um, So I think I hope the journal prompts that I have will help with that as always. That's like the point. Um, But first, here are your yoga practices. One is just shoulder rolls and um, self-massage, especially around the neck and shoulders. So Gemini is the shoulders, right? It's That's the area it rules over in the body. And so if you can just do some shoulder rolls, especially a lot of people say they release or they hold tension in their shoulders. And so if you can also tap into just what it feels like, to just give yourself some loving self-massage, especially around the shoulders, that would be good. Um, and a fun one for Mercury Retrograde, one that I always like to teach for Mercury Retrograde, is if you can, so you do your shoulder rolls and you do them together in one direction, then you do them together in the other direction, and then can you do them separately in the same direction? That's fun. And then separately in the other direction, right? And then once you've done that, can you do them in the opposite directions. It's a little bit like, you know, so one, you bring them both up, one goes forward and down, the other goes back and down. It's a little bit at first, like rubbing your belly and patting your head. It's going to be like one hand's going to want to switch and do what the other does kind of thing. It's challenging that intellect. It's challenging your mind-body connection to try and move your shoulders independently of each other without letting your rib cage do it for you, right? Or letting them end up moving the same direction. Just try it. It's fun. Super fun. Good for Mercury retrograde. Good for challenging your intellect, your brain, your left brain, right brain connection, right? And then also tapping into that self-massage, just a loving presence with yourself, maybe even all the way down to your fingertips from shoulders down, down your arms. And then also another yoga practice for this full moon is just extending your exhales. Can you just chill out, (laughs) you know, just let your exhales become longer and longer until you super chill out. And then a third, maybe fourth practice. Um, if we're counting the shoulder rolls and the self massage as separate makes it the fourth, uh, is the thymus thumb. So if you've never heard of like tapping, EFT tapping, I'm not certified in that or anything, but your thymus is right behind your sternum like near your heart-ish. It's right behind that that bone that's in between your rib cage in the front. And if you can just tap it on it in slow rhythmic tapping right on your breastbone, right on your sternum, it will relax your nervous system. So if you can just try that, tap into your heart, maybe extend your exhales while you're doing it. There's some science behind that. Not going to share it at this point in the episode. But those are your yoga practices. Um, it's just a shoulder loving practice. But those are some ideas for you. Shoulder and heart loving practice. Heart chakra related. Um, and then your journal prompts. So forgive me. This first one I, I'm like 
you're going to have to be prepared to feel some feelings. And I hope you have the support in place in case it brings up something tough. This first journal prompt. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. So can you think of a situation where communication went horribly wrong? So you could maybe think of one a little more benign, but this is likely going to involve a relationship where you felt unheard, um, where you felt like the other person just was not getting it. You're like, no, I'm feeling this way. And they're like, well, that's, I didn't mean to make you feel that way. So you must not feel that way because I didn't, that wasn't my intent, right? A situation like that. If you can think of a situation like that. Um, and then maybe even let yourself have a really good cry about it, you know, like, oh, that really sucked. It did not go how it was supposed to, how I intended it to. I was being vulnerable, whatever. Um, and so can you remember, first of all, the feelings that brought up that encounter? What possessed you to say something to, to that person? Um, what were you trying to communicate? What feelings were you having to bring up that situation? And then what feelings did you have during the encounter? Were they similar feelings? Were they different feelings? Um, so just think about it and just let yourself feel it. You don't have to do anything about it right now. Like just think about the feelings. That's what we're after is feeling the feelings. And then if you do want to try to do something about it, this is that marrying the intellect with the emotions. I like to present to you the Gottman's communication framework. Maybe they invented it. Maybe they didn't. It's where I learned it is from the Gottman Institute, the sort of renowned experts on relationships, highly revered in the uh, like psychology community. Anyway, they offer this framework that is a framework for communication that basically helps um, disarm people who are like, well, that wasn't my intent or to help make communication better so that you're not um, pointing fingers or so that it's more productive. Um, and so the formula goes like this. When situation, whatever the situation is, I feel, and you say the feeling that that situation provokes, but you don't stop there. And I would like to give a caveat that a feeling is not a past tense verb. So if you say, I felt rejected, you're, that, that's basically still saying you rejected me. Um, what feeling, or I felt unheard, or I, I guess, that, yeah, I don't know. So there's a gray area there, but it's not like I felt disrespected. No, you're saying that's another way of saying the other person disrespected you. What is the actual feeling? I felt sad. I felt inadequate. I felt what, like, what did you feel? And the, so that's the tricky part is a lot of us go into communication um, without a clear mental idea of what our feelings actually are. Because if you're using past tense verbs like disrespected or rejected, that's not a feeling, right? It's just not. Uh, that's a past tense verb. That's kind of saying, I felt like you did something to me, basically. Um, so when situation, I feel whatever feeling, not a past tense verb, and I need, and this needs to be a positive need, so not a, I need you to stop doing that. What do you want them to do instead? And that formula basically is if you put the forethought into it before you go into a situation of potential conflict, it's a little bit more foolproof where you're like, um, probably going to walk away having had a more productive conversation because you're telling them what you need. 
and there's a little less room for, well, that's not what I meant, you know, um, I didn't intend to make you feel that way, right? Um, and so it's very specific. So that's a formula to help you if you, <coughs> excuse me, I kept thinking I was going to pause um, or just finish talking before I had to cough. It's that time of year. Got a little cold going on and we're nearing the end of the episode, so I'm just going to finish. Anyway, so the idea of the journal prompts is to just take the first one and maybe look back on it and, and compare that situation that you thought of. Did you use that formula? And if you did, did you still feel really unheard or like the outcome of the conversation wasn't what you hoped for? Or maybe you didn't even have a hope for that conversation other than to just um, make your feelings known to the other person. So that's why that formula is really good because it's like if there is a situation that's provoking feelings for you that you don't want to have, um, if you use that formula from the Gottmans before you go and have a conversation with somebody else, you are likely to have a more productive outcome if your desire is to change something or have somebody stop doing something that's making you feel a certain way, right? So you just have to have that clarity. And like I said, at this full moon, you might not have that clarity. You might just be in your feelings. So maybe you just stick kind of with that first journal prompt and just feel your feelings. So related to not only communication, that's a big focus because of Mercury's role and Mars and Venus's role and how your feelings sort of map onto communication and relationships and fights perhaps and behavior, right? That's the big theme right now. But can you also spend some time at this full moon just releasing the year? Maybe you even journal. I didn't write this one down as a journal prompt, but as I mentioned, maybe you just think about those branches that the storm of 2023 knocked down and just feel the feelings about it. What went on? What happened? Um, and how do you feel about it? And then just sit with that. And in 2024, we'll, we'll revisit and, and set your vision for what's going to be different, how you're going to do better. So happy almost end of 2023. I hope you have a beautiful release of some kind at this full moon. And I hope you feel the um, release you need to step forward into the new year, having been cleansed and renewed through having that perhaps emotional release. And please remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends.